that's another thing. We're not scared of helping other people mm-hmm. because it's like we all are different personalities. We're not going to be the right puzzle piece for everyone. So it's just, it creates, but it definitely was the best thing we ever did was go area-based marketing for mm-hmm. our business approach. Because I know that people are looking for the area expert, not necessarily who we are specifically. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, General Manager of the U.S. Market for Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents leverage the power of verified reviews. You can find out more at ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 271 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. It's how we continue to grow this little corner of the internet Uh, today. Once again, I know I say this a lot. It's just the truth. The Inman community is just amazing. And it has taken me way too long to get my next guests. Yes, I said guests on the podcast. I'm going to be talking to Steve and Heather Ostrom. They are a team up in the Sacramento area, just north, little communities called Roseville and Rockland. In fact, their website's roseville We're going to talk about that and how they got together and just the stories um, and Inman and all that great stuff. I'm so excited uh, to, to, to have them on the show. Uh, Steve and Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hey, Bill. How's it going, Heather? It's been a long time. You know, it has been, but you know what? Things are going well. I mean, for going through a health pandemic, I'd say we're doing pretty darn well. Yeah, I, th- I agree. With Steve and I were talking earlier, right, Steve? It's uh, yeah. It's just been, it, there, there are all the negatives that go with it, but some of the positives on the business side, it could mean there's more time to get things done that you maybe didn't have time to do before. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think has changed a ton is I don't need to print anything up anymore. In California, they made it that we couldn't give out any paper. So so much of my job was printing up paper. You know what I mean? Driving to the office, spending that, you know, 15 minutes to get to the office, work with that. I mean, that has really freed up my time a lot. I know it's goofy, but it really has. Yeah, but you don't realize it's like it's more yeah. nuts and bolts right now. Yeah. It's really service oriented and just managing what we can. I always start at the beginning of my show. I love to find out where people come from. And um, the best I could determine is one, somehow we get, we got Steve in Southern California in college. So did you grow up in Southern California, you know, yeah, in the SoCal I'm, area? I'm from Poway, California. It's in San Diego. It's a suburb, like a Roseville to Sacramento. It's a San Diego. Um, Steve, I grew up in El Cajon, La Mesa, oh, Spring Valley. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandpa lived in El Cajon. I went there all the time. Yeah. So I, I know. NorCal versus NorCal. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. Sorry. So it's a, you're a Padre guy then ultimately. Yeah, no, I'm a Padre guy. I, the Chargers are dead to me, but the Padres, I'm a huge Padre fan. So. I, look, I'm in, I'm in the St. Petersburg area now. I'm the same way as Phil, I love Philip Rivers to death and rooted for him in, in, in Indianapolis. But as soon as the Chargers went to LA, it's over. Yeah, it's, it's over. over. The Clippers, over. over. Oh, yeah. 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 Bill, I didn't even know the Chargers had a theme song until I met Steve. I'm like, he was he was all in. That I was a big hard. Charger fan. I, I, I know the song, and it starts yeah. with San Diego Super Chargers, but I'm not going to sing it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Heather, are you from the Roseville, Rockland, Sacramento area? You know, I was originally born in Arizona, and then my parents moved to Sacramento, and then right after Roseville's big floods and. Eighty-nine, we moved up to Roseville in ninety. Eighty-nine, ninety. I can't remember right around there. So okay. I did. I was pretty much raised up here from about fifth or sixth grade on. Sixth okay. Grade on. Yeah. You stayed local for college. You went to Chico State. Yeah. Um, yeah. What'd, what'd you study there? 
uh, graphic design. So I was a communications major with an emphasis in graphic design. And uh, I originally was an art major. And then I was like, you know what? So I kind of almost went into the anal art world as far as like, you know, typography and uh, uh, just dealing with like forms and graphic design. I love that type of stuff. So my background's more in uh, marketing and graphic design. Yeah. Which is a, it worked out really well as yep, the story continues. Like yep. yeah. Steve, what was, uh, what, was your, what was your area of focus at USC? Communications. Um, okay. And I was communications because my parents told me I had to get out in four years. And I looked at the schedule and it was the only way I was going to get out in four years. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, but it was a good, good major for me, um, you know, and so I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it set me up well. But then after college, I was just done with L.A. I really didn't like L.A. at all. It was just too busy, too, too much going on. Uh, so I went to Tahoe to see the season change. And that's how we met. I was going to say we're going to talk about that. But before I get there. I, I, it's, it's, it's evident in this, your social profiles that your oldest daughter um, went off to college, which is congratulations. That's, yeah. a, that's a great feeling. She's but, actually getting off this weekend. Wow. That's I awesome. know. I know. And, We're excited. And she played water polo in high school. And you have your other daughter plays water polo. I think water polo is one of the toughest sports that nobody knows about. Does that make sense? Yeah. It is. Now, Steve, did you, you played? Water I played polo? in high school. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first of all, please tell me a story about what happens under the surface of the water during a typical water polo match. Well, it's all free reign. I mean, you know, people don't realize it. And I had a reputation. I was a two-time All-American, but um, my brother used to say I was a cheater because I did so much under the water. <laughs> and so I'm coaching my daughter this year, and he goes, well, are you teaching me how to cheat? And it's like, well, you know, come on, Paul. You know, I'm trying to do better than that. I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, he said that. That was just a, two months ago. Are you going to cheat like you did? <laughs> I've heard things like sharpening toenails. Yeah, I, yeah. I never did that, but I would use my body and my legs. Like people don't realize you can use your legs too. just get around. And it's just, you just need a second move to, to get a goal a lot of times. So that's what I would do a lot. Well, you're strong. Um, you're yeah. still a strong swimmer. Well, I'm not, I was yeah. strong back then. <laughs> I'm not so strong. I tried to play once a few, few years later, you know, and I used to be really good at getting out of the water and I went to go get a steal and I, I was like three inches short. I go, what happened? Yeah, I used to get that no problem. <laughs> and did. I never played again. I just didn't know. I had no idea. And I know why the games are short because there's no way you can maintain coming out of the water. They look like it's just amazing. It's almost like physical. My body, my Audrey's body completely changed when she started getting into water pool because how far they can come out of the water. Steve, you mentioned you said you decided to kind of see the change of seasons, go to Tahoe, one of the most beautiful places in the country is and somehow. Uh, you met Heather there. Tell us that story. Well, you want to tell the story, Heather? You want me to tell the well, story? Well, no, you tell me how you got up there first. Well, I got up there. Just friends told me to come up. They said it was a good time. Do it for a year. And I stayed for a while. Uh, I really liked it, you know, because I went from big areas to it's such a small town. People don't realize it there. But in the off season, there's not as many people. So you got to know a lot of people around there. We worked at Harrow's, which was a great casino. There's a lot of nice people there. It was a great job and no stress to me whatsoever. It was really, really easy living. Um, I and it was good money. I mean, yeah, really, even coming out of college, it's like I didn't even even my first formal graphic design job. It was nothing in comparison. I can see why people get caught up in Tahoe yeah. because yeah. when you're dealing blackjack and you're you know, you're getting paid on tips, it was just a, it was just a fun lifestyle. Yeah. I went up there because they used used to hire Chico State students for the summer. She was a summer hire. I was a summer hire, and then I guess they started. On the drug test, not me. I was a good kid, but you know, it's like so that 
they hired, and that's when I came up there and I met yeah. Steve during the summer. Mm-hmm. And I kind of stayed behind right after I graduated. And we started dating soon after. And then after we'd had our run up in Tahoe, we decided, you know what, we, let's give this uh, this real adulthood, or adulthood thing a chance. And so I got a job as a graphic designer and he started getting into sales. Well, I went wherever she went. You know, I was supporting her <laughs> getting a real job. I was happy up there. But I'm happy here, too. You know, so. you know um, a lot of either, either one of you ever 10 bar. I'm just curious. No, no. Okay. I tell you, but dealing blackjack is kind of, I would imagine it's kind of similar. Yeah. I was a cocktail waitress though. Graveyard. <laughs> so, so, you know, waiter, waiter, cocktail waiter, graveyard shift. When I asked that question, what people did before real estate, the number one job is the number one thing they've done more than any other job is bartender. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. And right behind that is probably a teacher. Right. Yeah. Teacher, but, yeah, but, that's what people always ask if I was a teacher before. Right. But I think you think about it. What a bartender does is builds relationships, talks to people, kind of helps them out and d- takes care of them. And as a dealer in, in a casino, that's exactly what you're doing. Right? Oh, yeah. you're, getting, you're building relationships with those people. It's critical. You've I've had dealers um, help me out tremendously with cards. With the card that I didn't ask for, but I needed it. They knew yeah. I needed it. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That's yeah. what, and I, people go, "Why are you talking through your teeth?" Because the cameras can't tell what I'm doing right now. <laughs> you you want to hit? You want to yeah, hit? You want to hit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think. Uh, um, I think that's a great. That that makes a perfect sense to me. That the the reason that you have so much success in this world is you build these skills, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you really got to learn how to talk to people and connect with people when you're in those kinds of positions. I think that's great. And you're yeah. managing technically, really, we were managing, like when you go on the high limit, you're managing a lot of money and yeah. they're watching you like when you're doing your payoffs. And so it was like, you're, it's a high stress situation. You have to be entertaining and you're serving a lot of people and also keeping a security of the table. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of money. layers. A lot of layers. Yeah. So Roseville, Rockland is, is kind of Northeast of Sacramento. It's a beautiful place. Talk, talk about... It's it's a maybe an hour, a little over an hour away from San Francisco. Yeah. Am I close? Yeah. So yeah. talk about what um, what people don't know about that part of California because there's so many different regions. One, I know it can get really hot, and I know it can get really cold. Yeah, right? yeah. it's um, well, it's a suburb. You know, I'm not going to say it's anything fancy, but it's just a suburb. But it's a nice place. A lot of family, yeah, but I really, a lot of good things to yeah, do for kids. But the thing I like about it is it gets hot in the summer, but we're an hour and a half away from cool places. You know, we can get to Truckee in an hour 20, uh, Tahoe, two hours for South Lake, um, and then San Francisco, two hours usually. Um, but it's so it's we, we can get out pretty easily for quick trips. And but we used to do a lot of it. Now we haven't. But really, much. too, like the reason why I kind of stayed back here, I really love minus the no fair housing violations. But it's just I really like that it's set up well for families. This, the city manager was one from San Jose. And I just they Roswell's done an incredible job as far as their management mm-hmm. and like, it's just a great city to call home. I mean, yeah. I imagine it kind of might be boring for single folks, but <laughs> yeah. it's really, it's just an amazing place. I really, we've stayed here because we do love it. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I said to Heather when I left Tahoe, but you know, I was going to go wherever she wanted to go and I still would. I just wanted a place where I could play golf and the golf here is actually spectacular. I mean, it's, you wouldn't believe how good it is and how cheap it is. And I lived in San Diego. I lived in Tahoe that had good golf, but all those places, it was expensive. You know what I mean to play here. You can play cheap and great golf, which they just overbuilt. I don't know what it is. I don't play anymore because I have three kids, but it's, in my opinion, of the places I've been, one of the best places for the you're, price. You're speaking Bill's golf. love language. Oh, yeah, right. Right. Sean Carpenter. Anyone that's 
everyone's San Diego, you sort of grew up playing golf. At least I did, because I remember. Yeah. I don't know if you know Oaks North, but it was three seventy five for me to play unlimited golf. You know what the they, they and so my parents would just drop us off and we would just play. We just go right. and, play and play and play. I mean, I played twenty seven holes often. Yeah, Oaks North, I know it well. I've played it somehow. You, um, Heather, you go off into the graphic design marketing world. You're doing yeah. your thing. Yeah. Uh, and Steve, you get into real estate. Mm-hmm. So you decide, you know, that's going to be your path. First of all, it took a while before you decide, You guys decided to kind of get together and, and, yeah. and put those skills together. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So what did, what did that look like? Was there, was there some sort of catalyst or trigger where, you know, Heather, you said, wait, why are we doing this? Why can't I just? It kind of organically happened because I just know Steve was incredible at sales and people just love Steve because he's such a positive guy. Like he knows even if something goes wrong, Steve has a mindset that there's always a resolve, stay upbeat because your brain works better that way. Mm-hmm. And I, but I did see a weakness and also too, it was just more of a global type thing. I didn't see a lot of people doing a lot online, but the buyer behaviors and client behaviors, they're already trying to research people online. So at that time, there wasn't a lot of people doing videos and blogging. I mean, there was a select flu. We all know each other. It's, you know, cause it was during the truly of voices and yes. active rain and all that, that era. And uh, it just kind of naturally blended. I started working on his flyers and I thought, you know what? Cause we were doing well, but just good. We were just right in the, uh, we were doing well enough. And I just was like, we can take our game to a higher level and also stop being conflicted. Who Whose work is more important, my graphic design work or his real estate business? And we mm-hmm. had one child at that yeah. time. So it, was like we're so it just kind of organically yeah. flowed together. And it was really the best thing we could have ever done is, is assemble our forces and yeah. kind of stay in our lanes. Two areas of ex- expertise that worked well together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the husband and wife thing working together. Just curious. That's to me, it's great. I know, but I think that we're not normal husband wife team because we really do two specific things. And we really, when we start fighting, it's usually because we're kind of shifting into each other's lanes. So we really have specific roles. Like even talking before, it's like, okay, what questions are you going to answer? Just so you, you iron out and try to just do what you're great at and trust the other person to do what they're doing. Yeah. Steve, did, when you first started, did you go to Cobalt Banker right out of the gate? Yeah, Is that your I first did. Pro? So you've no. never left Cobalt Banker. We Well, we went to affiliate. We were okay. Cobalt Banker NRT, and then we went to Cobalt Banker affiliate. But when we started, I started actually in Sacramento, in the pocket area, which is south of Sacramento, and now we're north of Sacramento. But for me, it was good because I started out, she was working in a political firm downtown, so that's why we were over there. Um, but I learned the ropes there before I moved to where I became yeah. Uh, an agent. He was a, so, yeah, that was an awesome yeah. manager down there. I did. I, I'm office. really glad. I had a great manager. He was like a father to me. Um, <laughs> and there was a lot of great people in the office. Do you know what I mean? That I was, it w- wasn't a huge office. It was a smaller office, only 32 agents, but I really felt like I learned a lot there. And then I find like, I don't know if you, every area has a master's club. I made a master's club down there. And that's when Heather said, well, we had one child that said, I want to be close to my mom before we have a second child. So we moved to Roseville. Because okay. my mother-in-law is close and helps out a ton. So now, I'm glad it worked out that way. It really worked out well. A lot of people, you know, because I think Cobalt Banker and a lot of the Realty brands actually do a really good job of helping new agents. Yeah. But then you, a lot of people, then you have these people that tend to kind of drift off into other models because maybe they see more something different that they want to try to get yeah. to. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, but I know you, Sean Carpenter, some other people who've been like super loyal. I think, yeah. that's, I think that says something. You know what? And I'm all for like, cause I, each brand offers something different. I really feel like management, we've just been so blessed that we've always had really special managers mm-hmm. that have crafted an atmosphere. It feels family-like. 
And I think almost from like a disc profile type thing, we know where our weaknesses are and Cool Banker's done a great job filling in the blanks to make us look like a, a, a cohesive front for success. It, it's just, and I think that's kind of what's translated because Steve started with Jerry Gooding and his manager and he took him under his wing and then all the, but it's like, because if leadership guides as a, someone to care and nurture for, I feel like it catches on with the agents mm-hmm. and it's always kind of like elevated our game that we're doing better than we can because we have the right people in the right places. And cool banker does fill a lot of those check boxes. Yeah. Heather, I'll, I'll question for you. You and I met through Inman. <laughs> many, many of my guests on this podcast I've met through Inman. I know I have, you've made tons of connections yeah. through, through Inmanville. We'll call it. Um, can, can you share an example of, of how one of those one of those connections in that network maybe helped you, helped you in your business or helped you with a problem? It's been so like, even just knowing you, Sean, Car- I mean, really, I know Sean through like the Jen blue stuff, but it kind of just added another layer of relationships. The biggest thing that I've taken away really, it's helped me emotionally, emotional management, because this is a crazy industry, but it's also helped me business wise. And I think knowing like Stacy Staub, the divas, Sharon Steele, and all those people, like and Valerie Garcia, they've just really they've become like family. And I, I anytime I have a problem, I can bounce ideas off them. And and actually genuine hustle's been like the biggest offset from Inman. Like they've filled my education, emotional needs, and business needs to make me a as I age and get further along in the business, because this business never stops surprising you. It's just the relationships I've gained and the education. I, I And obviously if you're going to Inman, you want a desire to be better, learn more. And I feel like that mindset, we're all kind of, it's been the best mind hive as far as my relationships through everyone that I've met through Inman. Like it, it's just, I, I can't say enough things. I'm so glad I took that first step because it's scary to go to a big conference like that. Yeah. Because even though everyone thinks I'm an extrovert, it's just, it's overwhelming. You go to that conference and it's like, holy smokes, I'm just a little tiny ant amongst all these smart people. And then you realize, you know what, I'm actually, you know what, I got this. And we usually get, I'd say, at least two or three referrals a year from other agents out of the area that founder from Inman yeah. or a lot of Cobble Banker managers too, because Heather used to speak so much at Cobble Banker events um, that we've gotten a lot of referrals that way. Um, but also... I think it was important. At least I hope I can say this. Those those other places are more high tech than Roseville. Some some areas that they would tell us, "Hey, Yelp is going to be big. Is Yelp's big here? You should yeah. get on it." And so we would get on it. We'd be the first people on Yelp, and then the other ones, you know, as far as reviews and things like that. But we hear the big markets what's happening when nothing here is happening like that. Yeah. But we got on those things early because of it. Yeah, and it was just because um, we're all sharing information yeah. freely. There's nothing. There's nothing that didn't get revealed as far as experiences patterns that are people were seeing in other areas so not necessarily it's going to happen here but it's like you got to stay one step ahead of the game and we tried some things that worked in other areas that didn't work here um you know but we just try it because you never know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit and Um, i I really i can't say enough good things and mm -hmm. uh i think that's probably why brad still keeps me around every once in a while because he knows i'm not afraid to say what i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) look um it's funny you talked about the fact that oh all these smart people you were so early in the game you know when social hit and the things yeah. that were happening with the tech yeah. you know I mean I want to talk about that a little bit like even yeah. just 
your domain, right? Roseville and Rockland.com. That was, a, that was one of the big game changers for us, Bill, because no one knew Ostrom. Look at personally me. You don't know how many times I had to change the U to an O myself yeah. preparing for this. I know even my closest of friends, I'm like, oh. and then they'll say Ostrom and I'm like, oh, the twist. Oh. It doesn't bother me. I'm I know. Used to so it, it drives but, me yeah. nuts. I think so I went from Brown to Ostrom. So it's been like a huge, like, this is a big thing for me. I got a big yeah. different name. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about talk about making that change and what it's kind of done and how you how you you know it's all about the community for you and that's what's helped you grow. You know, that was one of the quick learning experiences because I actually and, and that's part of real estate is just listening to feedback from clients. They're like, hey, we can't find your website. And that's because they were putting a U in there or they were spelling it A-U-S-T-I-N. Listening will get you the answer. Yeah. It's just reading and listening. And uh, with that, I just started to notice like Nobody's looking up for Steve Ostrom. Nobody cares who you are. If you're coming from out of area and you're thinking of out of area, because being a brand new agent, that's the thing you have to think. I'm not worried about the great agents already out there. I want to capture new business. And so that was our mindset. They're not looking for a person or looking for the area. And so when we shifted from that, and that wasn't too far in from when I started working with Steve formally, Mm -hmm. we switched it to area-based marketing. And that's when everything just really took off. Yeah. And and you were, you had to be first. I mean, oh, yeah. who else was doing that? <laughs> no one. But when people started seeing us doing that, they all started kind of like trying to do mimics off Roseville and Rockland or Rockland and Roseville. And so I was like, the minute that one came back on, I'm, I'm grabbing that one too. <laughs> but it was, but it was, was kind of cool because I feel like if we all, that's another thing. We're not scared of helping other people mm-hmm. because it's like we all are different personalities. We're not going to be the right puzzle piece for everyone. So it's just, it creates, but it definitely was the best thing we ever did was go area-based marketing for mm-hmm. our business approach because I know that people are looking for the area expert, not necessarily who we are specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that Heather did that was amazing. We had that's our main website, but then she bought a bunch of URLs like Great Roseville Home, Great Rockland Home, Great Granite Bay Home, Great Folsom Home, and so we bought a lot of those homes. So anytime we go into a, a, one in a different area, because there's a lot of different areas around here, but you can recycle own, the domains yeah, instead just, of doing the address base. And I go, who's going to remember up yeah. Because around here at that time, you'd be seeing probably twenty to forty homes with a buyer yeah. if they were in the right price bracket. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do just domains we can recycle. And yeah. it's actually been the best. Uh, that's another thing that I was really glad what we did. At one time, we owned 80 website names. I don't think we own that nope, I, now. I whittled we, it down. We, we got a little crazy. We got a little crazy. <laughs> but we, and oftentimes, we'll get a, a unique list and then we'll buy a new one or something like that, too. Yeah. But um, that was a big part of our... It was just, a, it's more yeah. just like, it's more of a marketing mm-hmm. approach. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, I, I know you you really like working listings. Yeah, without Let's a doubt. talk about that for a little bit. I think I might have heard somewhere, you know, probably listening in something else you might have done, you know, that you, you will even kind of refer buyers out unless it's somebody who's kind of connected to you in a certain way. Yeah, without a doubt, because it takes you away from what you're good at. Okay. And when I say we work listings, Heather does the most of the work, so it's really easy for me. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but, you know, that's what we're good at. It's what is listings is what we're good at. And that's her specialty is making the listings look good. Um, and it's a lot easier. Uh, not easier, but you know, it's just, that's what we're special. That's our specialty. We got it down to a science. You can handle 10 listings at a time. You can't handle 10 buyers at a time. You can only handle, in my opinion, one or two or three it, to do it well, as far as for buyers. Because for right, listings, yeah. we can, we during, could handle more than 10. If we during a competitive to. market, you can't yeah. because inevitably be we're having the same price bracket and our personality types did not do well. Yeah. Like just being, cause we were always so honest and it's like, I don't want to like, 
it just gets too much conflict. And we have a lot of referral business and it's inevitably two sets of friends that are looking at the same price bracket. Sometimes at the same house. And I'm like, that's when we start referring yeah. them out, unless they're a contingent buyer purchase or their return client. So there you go. And it's actually been really working well because it's like it's still staying to that motto of sticking with what you're good at. Yeah. Steve, if if you had to break down your business, because you you've been doing this a long time in this area, what are you are you still doing a lot of prospecting or have you got to that point where almost everything is, you know, some sort of referral base? It, it, no, it's more answering my phone. You know what I mean? Heather wow. makes the phone ring and I just answer my phone. Um, for listings, that's the most important thing, you know? And so one of the reasons I don't like to work with buyers is I don't answer my phone when I'm with buyers. But I, if you answer the phone when somebody calls you for a listing and you go on a listing appointment, I guarantee the two other people they interviewing didn't answer their phone. You know what I mean? Took a message, called them back. So that's one thing I just, I have the kids trained when my phone rings, that's my business. And so that's the way we're set up because um, that's what we're best at. That's true. And we, I mean, we've done all prospecting, you know, over our years when we were starting out, but you got to do what works best for you. And so for us, it's uh, Heather, you know, is the fisherman, she says, and I catch them when they come in. So I just be available via phone. That's, I think that's yeah, my like, That's the most interesting, Bill, like it's mostly phone calls. It's not for people. Listeners, yeah. It's rare. We, every once in a while, I think we've only had like probably three or four be via email. Mm-hmm. And they've researched us online and they usually know everything about us. But I'd say a majority of our listing appointments are all phone calls. Yeah. And so, so they found the website or they found something you've yeah. been doing and they just go, I'm just going to call these people. And Steve, want- answered. it's yeah. funny you say that you, you put phishing and answering the phone in the same comment. And it just, I instantly shot to Jay Thompson who <laughs> is doing nothing but phishing yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. And, and always has said, just pick up the phone. That was one of his biggest things, yeah. right? And, and I see like, there's so many agents that I actually love and adore and I respect their business model, but they'll say, I refuse to answer the phone. And it's like, it's I just honestly, us. it would destroy our business yeah, because yeah. we do have a pretty healthy mixture of new business because I'm not blogging as much as I used to, mm-hmm. but I feel like our names are out there for plenty of things out there for interviews and, uh, awesome podcasts yeah. like this, <laughs> but, but it's, but it keeps us relevant. I feel like it's a beautiful mixture of like our, our fishing net is cast in online, offline and just relationships. Mm-hmm. The analogy of Jerry Maguire, how you can't have that too many clients. I believe you need to take care of the clients that you have is the most important thing. And so when we're busy and last year was a crazy busy year. So we started out the year. Oh, we're going to find we're gonna... our third busiest yeah. year. I never, and you yeah. know, I don't want to brag about it. There's so many people hurting. So I'm trying to be sensitive to that, but I just never in a million, I thought Bill, we we're going to have to buckle down. I was right. really stressed about college. We have money, but it's like, you know, our business is so it's right then, right there. It, it, I, I never would imagine we would have been as busy as we did. Yeah. As much business as we did. But what I was trying to say is that we try to focus on our clients we have and do yep. a good job from that because that becomes more clients. And so our prospecting of doing videos, we haven't done that many videos for the last two years because we've just been biz- busy. But to me, that's the best thing that we ever did was to yep. make a big video library. And I keep saying, well, if we ever get slow, we'll just keep doing videos, we'll start doing videos again. Well, we haven't been slow. We haven't had time to get together because we've always had listings coming on. And for us, the listing is the number one way that people use you for other listings because they see your pictures, they see everything you do. And so for us, that's always number one is taking care of your, the listings that you have. And it really it and goes, that'll get you more listings. It, you do it right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Right. And it's like it's more it, it all kind of goes in tune with being a magnet for good business. If you do an incredible job, you don't have to beg for business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Heather used to say, well, we need to have client parties, but, but most of our clients come back to us. The only ones we, we lose are like divorces or something like that, where they're embarrassed. I, at least that's what I tell myself, but it's pretty, it's, <laughs> I know it's, it's pretty rare mind we, framing, even in yeah. darkness. But I mean, we're the one that came back from 15 years ago. 
You know what I mean? It was first time home buyer now going to a million dollar house. So, I mean, and we hadn't talked to him every year. It's just too tough for us to keep in track with. We've sold 500 homes. We can't touch, keep in touch with everybody. You yeah, know, we're so, a touch a squirrel too. Yeah, yeah, we are a touch a squirrel. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? but you do a good job for them. You, they remember you when they come back. But they know when I'm in, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah. And they know it's like, and I just, I feel like we're, we attract what we, we put out there. And I, we always get, get really kind, loving people. Yeah. It's all walks of life, and it's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. That makes for a great career and a great life. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Steve, tell me you teach um, mindset classes for CB there. You you must be – you should be doing that. No, but you know, I, I – well, I mean, because I, I was grown up where you foster other people, and so I always help people. You know what I mean? Like I'm always – if people ask me questions, I answer the questions. You know what I mean? We used to be in the office a lot where I was there to help other people, um, and I just lead by example. But you know what? Speaking – his mom and dad are just the most awesome people, and they've always been. Uh, <laughs> I know we just lost his mom, but like she is the most was the most positive and awesome woman, and you can see that living through him. Like <laughs> even the most next he frames everything positively, like <laughs> divorce and death. I'm, I I know that's why they know it's just he just frames everything yeah, positively. Yeah, You're just a yeah, sweet, yeah. good person. I try, I try. I mean, like that's why younger agents always love him because he always makes time for people. Mm -hmm. He's just a great human being. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, that's awesome! Sorry. Um, yeah, no, that's just beautiful. Let me, let me, um, because I've got you here, and you and you talked about people starting off new. You know, what what are some of the pitfalls that if I say I'm an agent, I've, I'm relatively new in the business, but I'm having some success, and I'm at the point where I think I need a little bit of help. It's, sometimes you're going to need that, whether it's a TC or it's just some kind of help. What are some of the pitfalls they should watch out for? Like, what what are the mistakes they can make along the way? Actually, going back in line with what we just talked about positive mind framing because I think because this is if you're starting out by yourself it's a lone wolf business and the worst thing that can be done is through your own mind young agents call us for help they can't reach to manage I go hey the best thing you can do is just stay positive every day realize we're all alone and anytime you need help reach out to another person that you trust to get that positive self-talk going again mm -hmm. because it's really hard to get started in this business it's not instant money but if you the biggest thing is most people are afraid to work hard and set up systems. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing I see young agents struggling with. They give up too early. Yeah. And they don't reach out for help and they don't continue their education. So that's the one thing I say, keep on going to classes because organically there's going to be dialogue that happens that's going to positively affect your business. And you're going to create relationships. And it all kind of just all starts rolling in together. Mm -hmm. So what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say originally about pitfalls is getting down about rejection. Because even now, we get rejected all the time. People go with other people. We don't get every listing. Nobody does. And it's the people, because you know, I see people get in the business, and I think, oh, they're going to be great. They're sharp. They're da, da, da. And they just can't handle rejection. You know, some people just can't handle rejection. Um, and so I don't know how I became good at it. You know, it's not like <laughs> I like rejection. But you got to get up, you know. And you got to – the only way to, 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 to not obsess about that one person, which I still do sometimes, and we still when we'll, we'll talk it out. But you got to just go, hey, look how many people we've helped this year. Let's not worry about this one person who didn't help. Let's look. We helped 30 people find a home. You know, it's, so it's to me, it's you're labeling, you you're labeling. It's almost helps too afterwards. And I'm like, you know what? That would have been a tough transaction anyways. It's probably saved us more energy to put yeah. towards another person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like trying to find a positive packaging and label to the negative situation that yeah. keeps your mind sharp. Yeah. And yeah. like we you really depression is really a hard thing in real it estate. Is. I mean, that's probably one of the mental and right now that's why I see a lot of even great ages it's it's hard right now because they're scared about going in houses. Mm -hmm. They're scared of being COVID's a scary thing.
thing right now. And there's a lot of agents that had to background because they had health issues. So it's like right now, even more so than ever is don't be afraid to reach out to others just for mental wellness, because this business by itself can mess with your mind. Oh, it does without a doubt. Well, look, I've had you here well past the time I asked of you. And let's let's go ahead and, and ask you the same question I've asked every guest on the podcast. And that is, if you could give one, just one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? Mine is everything works. Whatever you do, it works. You know, open houses, whatever it is, it works. You just have to find out what you're good at. So try it all and then find out what works for you. Um, that's my advice. Yeah. And don't, don't be afraid to say no because you're saying yes to something great. Just keep on trying everything. I totally agree with Steve because mindset, stay strong, reach out for help. This business is absolutely wonderful, filled with great people. And just you have to seek seek them out to help you. If uh, I wanted to reach out and find the two of you, how do I do that? That's easy. Um, Our website is roseville.com. And uh, we're pretty accessible. If you type in Ostrom, but it's O-S-T-R-O-M and you're going to find us. Yeah, that's great. I can't thank you two enough. This has been great. It's only, I think, my fourth um, having a couple together on the podcast. And I'm going to tell you right now, you were absolutely amazing. The oh, best. Bill, it's because you're the best. <laughs> so I thank you so much for your time today. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, Bill, thank you for interviewing us. And thank you for the opportunity. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. (laughs) 